Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Sean, I'm doing well, man. I'm hanging in there. How have you been? Tired. I'm exhausted. It's been a long, long week. Week's not over either because we got to go to Vandy on Saturday, but we're going to talk a lot of basketball in this episode. It's our first official basketball mailbag of the regular season. It's it's going to, it's an already loaded one too. We put this tweet up about maybe three to four hours ago and it's already got probably 14, 15 questions in it. So if you're getting questions in late, we apologize because uh, we can't do 40, 50 question mailbag. <laughs> we've, we've got to cut it off at some point, but hopefully if you have got a question in late, it's answered at some point throughout this episode. That's that's the thing that I'm taking from it, Derek, because I think a lot of people, they have different questions, but it all kind of ties in together. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, well, we get a lot of, you know, repeat questions or redundant questions, things that uh, we appreciate all the questions. But that's why I was telling Sean, we we're trying to decide from a planning standpoint, how do we go about this today? And when you already got 20 plus questions after just a couple hours, it's probably time to go ahead and uh, tackle some of these questions and have a pretty quick turnaround for people who, who sent them in today. So, Sean, if you're ready, we can start, man. I'll uh, throw this over to you. I'm just going to start with the very top question that I see, and it's from uh, Allstair Grunwald. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen him in the mailbag before, so uh, maybe a first time. But he asks, doesn't it defeat the purpose of the four out if Cal is playing Oscar, Toppin, and Wheeler big minutes together? I was looking at that question this morning, Derek, and I almost quote tweeted my take, but I, I wanted to save it for the podcast because the four out one and stuff, we, we talked a lot about it. We talked a lot about how they needed to, to move towards that in the offseason. But the one thing that kind of played a big factor Tuesday night was matchups. Kentucky was outsized, more length for Duke. They needed Toppin. They needed Keon. They needed any kind of length to be able to stop uh, Paolo Bancaro, which they could not do. I think that played a role in the way the lineup combinations were. But also at the same time, as long as you've got two dudes on the floor, like a Kellen Grady or a Ty Ty Washington that can shoot the basketball, you can get away with it. That's more than Kentucky's had in the past. And then so far, Xavier Wheeler from three-point range hasn't been horrible. And Toppin can also put the ball on the floor and do some things, and he can move and face up. That's so different than having two back-to-the-basket guys. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't – I mean, Wheeler was two for three the other night. He had a couple in the exhibitions. As long as he's not, you know what, – what was he last year, Sean? I know it was a really bad percentage, but I don't, I don't think he was as truly as bad of a shooter as what his numbers might have suggested last year. He when did. I watch him shoot the ball this year, it doesn't look like he has just an awful shot by any means. Um, and teams are sagging off of him a little bit. And he's knocking it down. Um, we had a question here in the DMs from our buddy Shane. And um, this is a question relevant to the Duke game. He said, Coach Cal took blame for the loss. What mistakes do you think he made that cost the team the win? Personally, I don't think Kentucky matches up well with Duke at all. So to put up that fight and lose by just seven, essentially without tie tie, was awesome to see. I think the team has serious elite eight potential with more production from key players. Yeah, so Sean, um, you you were there for the post game press conference. I don't know if you saw it halftime because obviously you were at the game. I was not. I was at home watching. Uh, Cal was basically saying, I'm sure you, you you saw it somewhere by now, but Cal was basically saying that Tata was playing bad, but he was telling him not to not to play bad, obviously, but to kind of force the issue to kind of try to make plays. And I mean, let's just look at it, man. Three for fourteen, Tata. He didn't play well. Just didn't shoot the ball well. I uh, had a pretty bad stretch there in the second half that uh, Duke got the lead extended out a little bit. But going back to Shane's question, do you think there were mistakes that Cal made that might have cost Kentucky the win? Because I, I tend to lean with Shane here. I, I think it was pretty evident early in that game that Duke was, was superior to Kentucky, yeah. and I felt like they were going to win. But Kentucky put up a pretty good fight. They really did. It's, it's coach speak with Cal. I honestly don't think that there were mistakes made on his part. I think Duke's the better team right now. And I think that having Ty-Ty force the issue is not a bad thing because I'm just going to be blunt and say it. If Ty-Ty doesn't become that guy, I don't think that this team has Elite Eight Final Four potential. If he becomes that guy, Kentucky has Elite Eight Final Four potential. That was the thing that was missing to me the other night. Duke knew who their two guys were. 
Kentucky did not. And that's why you saw Xavier Wheeler start to get sloppy in the second half. Mm -hmm. The possession start to, to be uh, just to crunch and everything. And, and you get to that point and you're trying to make plays. You've got Oscar trying to do his thing. And they don't have that guy that they necessarily play through. Duke knew who it was. And they, I think they learned a lot, too. I, I think they knew it was Paolo, but I think we found out a lot about Trevor Kills as well Tuesday night. That, that was the most bizarre thing to me is to see Duke or another team that Kentucky plays have two dudes that are just killers. And Kentucky not really – and Kentucky has good players, Derek. But I, I, they need Ty Ty to be that guy. Can he still be? Absolutely. And I still think he will be. I think a lot of people think that. I know it's a lot of people writing – I read a lot of stuff uh, after the game from national guys, and they were talking, you know, be patient with Ty Ty. The same thing John Calipari is saying about the team right now is uh, once he gets himself going, Derek, I think that they will then know who their guy is that they run stuff for. And you could just see Tuesday night that he wasn't comfortable. And the moment – and I don't want to say the moment was too big. I think he started pressing when he started missing some, missing some shots early. But Kentucky battled. They fought. And uh, I, I just think that Ty Ty is going to end up having to be that guy for them, though. For this team to reach its ceiling, they need Ty Ty to be elite. I'm not going to make a huge deal of this because I, I think he Cal at this has made changes that and they've you've already seen it with Sharp, although the rankings are a little screwed up now because where he's going to reclassify early, he's not technically number one and it affected both recruiting classes. But the the what I'm trying to say, the more overarching thing is Sean, that was a game Trevor kills to a lesser extent. Kentucky offered him, but I think in reality it was I don't know why they offered him because I don't think they really ever had a shot at him. Um, but head-to-head losing against Bancaro, like you saw that show up, not only in the play of Kentucky's fours. I mean, Brooks, I mean, Keon, I don't know. He didn't look very confident to me the other night, and maybe that's because he was playing the potential number one pick. Uh, Toppin, I thought, did some good things. But, you know, Toppin is limited uh, in terms of – overall skill I would say I, I like Toppin a lot I like him as a higher end uh long longer term project Ben Caro shows up to college day one ready to dominate you know that's not Keon that's not Toppin and uh that to me really showed up more than any of those other guys on the court and whenever you lose a guy like Ben Caro and they lost out on some other guys this is not me to single out one kid but like not all five stars are very clearly created equally right Ben Caro is a top guy in his class Damian Collins is what like a top 15 player couldn't couldn't even really get on the floor the other night so Kentucky's five-star they had to get after they missed out on Ben Caro pretty obvious when he got in that game he was not going to be able to handle the the physical load that Duke had inside and Cal I think wisely made the choice to just roll some other guys that to me that's why I was telling people Sean 10 years ago Ben Caro's at UK yeah. you know and it's, it's changed some over the years. And if you're a UK fan, you hope that with the way UK starting to recruit again, that that's less. I mean, Duke's always going to get guys. I mean, you just saw them. They got lively coming in for next year. I mean, they're they're a great program. They're always going to have elite players as well. But UK needs to get back to getting its share of elite guys because you said you didn't think Kentucky knew who its guys were. I think they did. I just think Tata played so poorly. And Duke's freshman played very well. Uh, either way, moving on, let's go to this question. Man, Kyle's sending a whole bunch. So let's head on to McCall's right here. We'll get to his. And I was just talking about Keon. So Kyle asks, what exactly is Keon's ceiling? At this point, I kind of feel like he is what he is. Or am I missing something? I, I don't know. I, I really don't. Uh, he, man, that clip that they posted of Paolo the other night and his plays, I think it ran on SportsCenter too, like was just pretty much a, just a cooker. Of, of Keon Brooks. It, it wasn't good. Now, that's not a good matchup. I mean, that's a, that was a bad matchup for whoever was on him. But with, with Keon, I, I don't know, Derek. I, I'm – as it stands right now, I would almost – I would play Toppin over Keon. I've, 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 I've thought that since the exhibition schedule, honestly, since early – since the last exhibition game when we saw Toppin play. But with this ceiling, I don't know. I think it's a, a guy that can do a little bit of everything. I don't think he's going to score a ton of points for you. I don't think that he's going to go and, you know, be a, con a consistent guy that's going to get 12, 13 rebounds a game. I kind of think that he just needs to be a guy that just chips in wherever's needed. If it's rebounding, if it's good playing deep, playing solid defense, scoring six, seven, eight, nine points a game. I just don't know what 
you get what I'm trying to say? Like, I, I just feel like he is – I agree with it. He is what he is at this point. Yeah, he has games in his past where he shows you he can really turn it on. He had a couple of games last year, Tennessee, Florida, when he got back from injury. Really, both times he's played at Florida, he's played very well. Um, he He's not someone that – when I look at this, he does it's, – it's still the consistency. It's still he, him in his third year showing up and maybe I'm being too hard on him. He just didn't look, I don't know. I just, I didn't like his look the other night. He, you he want more from like your a, junior. He, that's what I was about to say. He didn't look like a yeah. guy that had played a lot of college basketball. Yeah. He, and, the others, the other, he, he's got, well, he, he's not in their top five or top four best players in my opinion. Yeah. And I'm not like angry at that. I mean, Keon, no. if a player is just better, like pale up, Ben Caro is just a better basketball player than Keon Brooks. Like, I'm not mad at Keon over that. You know what I mean? Like, that's a tough matchup. Um, you know, he goes four for 10 and from the field, three rebounds. Only played 17 minutes. I mean, top and out played him in terms of minutes, 23 minutes. So I think Keon's going to have his moments. I mean, I think it'll be a lot like last year. Um, he'll have some games where he, he makes you wonder why he can't do that every night. And then he'll have games where, shoot, he might, he might only play 10 minutes. You know, so I know it's frustrating um, given his – I mean, he was a highly ranked guy. He wasn't, you know, a high-end five-star. He was towards the lower uh, end of it, but still a guy that you hoped would take a big jump. And it's just the first game, so perhaps he'll still show up. But I, I'm kind of with you because he even did it in an exhibition game, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe it's a blue-white. It's one of those games where you're just like – you forget that first he's even half. out there. First, yeah. yeah, first half, I think, of blue-white. Um. Another question from Kyle. When you have a team that can shoot the ball the way we do, what's the offensive scheme? Do you tell your shooters to go find their shots or do you run set plays? What do you think, Coach? A ton of what, pick what and roll. Doing? A ton of pick and roll. A ton of pick and roll with Savir. And they had Austin. some success with that on the what? to start the second half but there. They, and that was an adjustment that they made. They missed the roll guy probably seven or eight times in the first half, but it was Duke's length that was covering it up. But the and I texted you. I said the role guy's there because Duke can't tag on these ball screens because if they do, they're leaving Kellen Grady wide open in that corner when he lifts off that ball screen. Uh, and you saw Savir throw that pass and that dart across the floor to him a couple of times. That's not a set thing. That's just give and take. You're you're get you're taking what the defense is giving you in that pick and roll situation. I think that they need to get to a point though to where they run some set stuff. I think they need to get Kellen Grady some looks. Uh, I was expecting more of a slashing type impact to his game, Derek. And I, I think it's going to be more of a catch and shoot type thing that he just kind of feeds off of Savir getting downhill, Oscar getting offensive rebounds. And, and that's kind of going to be what Kellen Grady is. They're going to run a lot of elbow action and stuff for Tata Washington, some of that floppy action that they've done in the past. But as far as sets, I, I just think that their offense is going to be a lot of high ball screen, a lot of, a lot of middle ball screen, things like that. It's going to spread you out. Let Savir get downhill, which he's been very, very good at. And, and I think that's going to be the, the scheme that they look at. And when they get a guy like C.J. Frederick back and he's healthy and they're going to add another shooter on the floor, I think they're going to be just fine. I mean, the three-point line wasn't the problem. Let's keep going here, Kyle. Uh, I think this is good because a lot of these questions, I would say, were, were some of the things you wanted to throw in anyway with some of your takeaways. Let's stay here with the team. He asked, concerning Lance Ware, what does the best version of him look like? Is he stepping out and hitting 14 footers along with banging down low? I'm curious to what he does well. Now, Sean, before you answer this, I, I'm often a little critical of Lance Ware, I would say probably more than I should be. Maybe. Here's the nice way that I'll say this. I think it's very important that Damian Collins develops this year. Very important. It is. It is. It's very very important. The the one thing that Lance seems to do a lot of is uh, he talked a ton of trash. That's what I was thinking. Thing. He did. He, he talked a lot of trash. And, I mean, if that – if he can just rebound, Derek, and just kind of be – but, I like, we've talked about this too. He he, he leaned he's, – he's leaner than he was last year. I don't know if that's what he needed to do. I think that they kind of needed some bulk behind Oscar. They don't really have that big body. Uh, I have no idea. I, what Lance Ware and what the best version of Lance Ware is. I don't think we've seen a whole lot. I mean, we had he had games last year. And, and the thing is, is, and Cal said this after the game the other night. I can't remember what somebody – it might have been after the game. But I know he said it somewhere about playing a number of guys and, and you know, mixing and doing his thing. He goes, I hope not because 
he's he wants his rotation set. He wants to know who he has because last year it was Lance would play 30 minutes and Lance would play three minutes, and then Lance would, wouldn't play for two games. I have no idea what they're going to get at that second, that backup five spot. Uh, it, it needs to be Damian Collins, but when it comes against physicality and teams like Duke, I just don't think that Damian Collins is going to be able to play in that game in November. I don't know if he's going to be able to play in that game in March. Yeah, I think there's always going to be a spot here for where, but uh, to me, it's going to be a lot like last year, like you were just talking about. Basically, I think as long as Shibway stays out of like extreme foul trouble and he can play, you know, I mean, I think Shibway, so he played what, 18 minutes in the second half? You know, they were they were losing. I mean, they needed him out there. Clearly, they needed him out there because he brings them, you know, the rebounding ability that no one else on the team is even close to. He does a great job, obviously, rebounding. Um, so, I think in a lot of second halves, unless Oscar is battling foul trouble, I don't think you'll see a lot of Lance. But I think there's always going to be, uh, you know, I think I think Sheway picked up a second foul, 750 left in the first half. And I, and I think Ware played the rest of the half from there on out. So, that might be his role where he uh, gets in there and just, tries to kind of keep it going. I mean, he had a nice block off the backboard there where he basically caught the ball. I mean, he shows some stuff every now and then. I don't I don't ever look at his scoring numbers. He's just not a guy that I don't really care if he scores the ball or not. Um, do you rebound? Do you play good defense? I mean, that's kind of what I'm looking at with him. And until Collins is ready, I mean, like I said, I don't – you just saw Collins get in the game the other night and you just knew it was not going to go well for him. So, honestly, credit to Cal for not putting that kid in a bad spot. You knew you had Lance there. At least Lance had played in games last year and uh, could help you out a little bit. But in terms for the question, I don't, I don't see a ton of skill from Lance. I, I just kind of see a, no matter where he goes. I mean, he's not to get a lot better. I think to to continue to develop. But in terms of what he is at Kentucky, for this team, spot spot duty would be my thing. I mean, when Oscar can't be out there, go in and try to try to not let the team get. Crushed on the glass, things like that. Um, a couple more things here from Kyle. Let's see. I see two more questions. This is the last one to do with the team. The other one is a recruiting question. And I'm going to guess we have other questions in the mailbag talking about that topic. But on Kellen Grady, he says, seems like he has a lot more fi firepower than we are aware of. Should he be one of these guys Cal gives a longer leash to? So Grady played 30 minutes, took eight shots, Sean. He was the fourth leading shot taker no sorry fifth Ooh, yeah let's get let's get grady some more shots what do you think yeah absolutely and that's what i was saying a minute ago that i think that they're going to have to run some stuff to get him looks because you don't want it to all be off of situations and things like that and kind of just downhill and getting off those ball screens you want to run some things for him he is he's already shown the ability to just bury that corner three-pointer i mean you saw it in the preseason you saw it at, at Madison Square Garden versus Duke. He also can catch and make difficult threes. The one there late in the first half and stuff, the, his feet aren't set, but then he uh, kind of fades toward the the, the baseline and, and makes that one. Uh, I want to see him get more looks for sure. Kyle also had another one too, Derek, about uh, C.J. Frederick. If C.J. was healthy and practiced fully with the team leading into the Duke game, how much do you think he would have played in that particular game? Giving Ty Ty Washington struggles, I think you would have seen C.J. Frederick play a lot of minutes, and I think he would have played minutes over Davion Mintz because of the ability to shoot the ball and I still think defend his position and not turn the ball over. I think C.J., if he would have been healthy, probably would have got quite a bit of run. And I think that it's on kind of the writing's already on the table here and on the wall with uh, with Frederick and Dante Allen. I think when Frederick's healthy, I think Frederick's going to play. Yeah. Uh, going back to Shane's question, talking about things that cost that Cal said, you know, he might've cost them. The only thing I would say is I do think, and I don't, it's just part of uh, college basketball being a marathon. I don't think, I don't, I don't really criticize Cal for this. Did I think they had a better chance to win on Tuesday night in that game? If it was Mintz, Wheeler and uh, Grady out there, I would say yes, just because you could tell it wasn't really going for tie tie. But playing the long game like Cal was, wanting to try to get Ty Ty going because he knows how important he's going to be, I totally understand it. I think Cal is willing to sacrifice. I wouldn't say sacrifice. I think Cal is certainly trying to win. You, you know what I'm saying, though. Yeah. He, he's trying to think long term, whereas in that exact moment, they probably had a better chance to win the game if you had those three guys out there. But I'm, I'm with you. To me, that's going to be the one to watch is, I mean, when CJ gets there, someone's got to lose some minutes, right? 
So who's it going to be as of now? I'm, I'm with you. I would probably say Mint. So I don't know how many Shaden Sharp questions we had in here, Sean. I'd say a, a few just because it's such a big story. Um, maybe we don't have any others, actually. I'm, we, have, we have a couple, I believe. A couple. Okay, let's just tie all the Shaden Sharp into one. Kyle is asking a lot of us right here. He says, go on record to Sharp play this year. I think yes. I think he will in January. I just don't think they want to say that now in Ruffle Feathers. And then Nick asked something along the same lines. He said, under what scenarios do you see Sharp playing? All bad, or could he just be that good? So, I don't know. I mean, it seems dead set that he – And Matthew dead- did as well. Uh, said he, he's asking about Shade and playing second semester. Got to think if Tata is struggling and the team isn't playing well, then Cal has to play the kid, right? Yeah. And, and that's the thing here. Like, if they get into January – and he gets on campus and he's just that good in practice, and then you get it agreed upon, hey, look, and you think he's ready, and he says, hey, I, I want to do this, it's going to be hard to not, right? I mean, it's a, number, it's a consensus number one player in the country. And then if you if you just see it in practice over the course of it in the second semester, then, I mean, I could see him playing, Derek, but I'm still going to lean – I'm going to lean right now that he doesn't. I don't know how you feel. I mean, it's it all. I think it all depends on how these other guards develop and how the season's kind of going. I think I think all around, it's an. I find it to be a bit of an awkward situation, no matter if he does or doesn't play. And I say that because if he gets to practice in January, and by February fifteenth, he is just killing these other guards, and it's so obvious that he's better than anyone else and can help them win a national championship and he doesn't play, then I I just don't know that it's – to me, the people in Shaden's corner want – obviously, they've said they want to redshirt him this year, get him used to playing college guys. I think that's the ideal scenario, but but in that scenario, you're taking into account that maybe he's not ready. But if he shows you that he's ready, what harm would it do if he can't go to the NBA for this year anyway? My thing is if he struggles a little bit this year, um, he's got a whole other season to to right his wrongs or whatever you want to say. Uh, And where I would say it might be awkward otherwise is even even in terms of practice, Sean, guard depth is not an issue on this team in terms of just sheer numbers. They have, what, six guys? I I mean, I don't know if they're going to throw them in there. I mean, it's always good to have another body in practice. But, I mean, the individual work will no doubt help them. But in terms of just getting on the floor, even in a 5-on-5 scenario – who is he going to be playing for? I mean, I guess they can fit him in there somehow. I just think there, there are real concerns with the chemistry. By that point when he gets here, you'll have played how many games? I'm like 12, 13 games, maybe more. Yeah. I don't know how many games they'll play. I mean, you're, I mean, at that point you'd be nearing somewhat close to the halfway mark in the season. I don't, I, I see it as a very certainly intriguing situation, especially if it's so obvious that he can help them. But I do think Cal's going to do, whatever he thinks is best for the kid. Um, I know Kyle wants to see, I, I can't, I can't say for sure. I don't, I don't think it's like a, a very, I would, I'm with you. I would still lean towards no, but. Not ruling maybe, it out though. I wouldn't rule it out either. I mean, maybe, I mean, I think you would be, you have to take into account potential transfers, right? I mean, it's just the area we live in. You guys know, leave all the time. What if someone transfers? What if someone gets hurt? The you only, know? I don't see him playing if this team is good. Like, if we look up in late December, January, and this team seems like it's in a good spot, I just don't think he plays. I think the only way he plays, Derek, is if Kentucky is bad. Or if somebody doesn't live up to the hype, or you mentioned somebody walks out and transfers, or an injury happens, or something, a situation presents itself. I I just don't see him playing unless something like that happens. How likely do you think it is a scenario that I I just said that he shows up and he's he's literally their best guard on their team? Do you think that's a possibility? Uh, I, I do. I do. If not number one, probably number two. So th- th- then I don't know what you do then. Like, yeah, it, that's what it's, I'm a, saying. it's a it's very tough. awkward situation. Like when Oscar came in, you knew he, oh, he can't, he can't play, but he could come in and play. And it's a different scenario in terms of like with Hamadou. I'm not saying they were trying to be deceitful to NBA teams, but I feel like Hamadou's, uh, Hamadou and his, uh, his, I don't know, his family or his mentor or whoever it was. I think there was a real 
they liked him being like this mystery guy. And I think they were willing to utilize him not playing if it meant that maybe a team would take him up high. You know, what I think the Nets were rooming for him, like around the 19 range, right? Yeah. This is not the same situation. I mean, Shaden cannot, I mean, according to Jonathan uh, Gavani of ESPN, I mean, he cannot go to the NBA. So Whoa. it's not the same situation by any means. Whereas, you know, you felt like Hamadou really did have something to lose if he were to, uh, you know, go go to play that season and really struggle, and then he would have had no shot at the NBA. Whereas with Shaden, that just doesn't really have that huge of an effect if he if he can't go anywhere anyway. So he that will not be the last time we're talking about him. That's no. for sure. No one he's going to be sitting on that bench. Um, a little bit of a notes in. update. A little bit of a notes update from Tuesday night. So the stats were incorrect, Derek. Oscar Sheboy oh. actually finished with twenty rebounds. Someone worked hard to get. Oscar, that game. 20th one, huh? Uh, there was one that happened. Ty Ty Washington got a, incorrectly awarded a rebound uh, that was Oscars. So now that's still a Champions Classic record. It's the most by a UK player in a debut, but it's also the most by a UK player in the John Calipari era. And the most by a UK player since Jared Prickett had 20 against Arkansas in 1994. And then uh, first UK player to have at least 17 points and 20 rebounds in a season opener since Dan Issel. And he told us that he was wanting to average 20 rebounds, and I kind of was like, hey, eh, okay. Well, <laughs> he just got 20 against a Duke at MSG, Derek, and had foul trouble in the first half. He might actually average 20 rebounds a game this season for Kentucky. Jeez, that's crazy. Man, incredible. And, and, and still so raw, too. Like, there's still so much to his game. There, there were times he got a rebound, and it's still like he wasn't sure what to do with it. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> he was, do, I dunk it? do I lay it up? Do I pass it out? Like, he uh, – an elite rebounder. I mean, because that is a real – that's like the real deal front court that Duke has. I mean, not just in terms of talent and length, but like even their backup dudes. A guy like Theo John, kind of a muscle, you know, an enforcer type, not really a guy who looks all that skilled, but plays defense, rebounds, provides physical presence. And he he just dominated the last. I know Ben Carroll missed some time with uh, – with his cramps or whatever, but yeah, 20 rebounds averaging over the course of a season. I still say highly unlikely, but like at this point, it's going to be, there are going to be, yeah, there are going to be many games where he's grabbing at least 15 boards. Really, really no question about it. All right, Sean, let's move on here. Still got a lot of questions. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, let's go back to another question from Nick. How likely do you see the lineup of Ty Ty, CJ Grady, topping an Oscar? I think you could see it at times, Derek, but Sabir's going to play a ton. I think Sabir's going to end up leading the team in minutes played. I mean, you saw it. He, he can't play him 38 minutes like he did at Madison Square Garden, but Cal mentioned 32, 33 minutes. I think that's going to be the sweet spot for him. And I know people, a lot of people are making a fuss about the seven turnovers, and, yeah, you, you can't do it. But I still think a lot of those turnovers were played into that Kentucky kind of didn't know who they were. And you saw him get sped up. You saw him start to try to do too much. Uh, the Coming down the floor in transition, full speed in the second half and tries to go between his legs really quickly, and there was no reason to go between his legs. Those things, those bad habits that you got to cut out of his game, if he cuts them out, you saw how good he can be. And some of those turnovers, I think, were fatigue. Some of them, I think, were, uh, hey, your, your other dude, Tata's not really doing his thing. Do I need to go get mine right now? And I just think that that'll be something that improves as we go along. But I could see a lineup that features Savir, Tata, and CJ a lot together. But if Savir goes to the bench with foul trouble or he's fatigued, I do think that you could see a lot of Tata, CJ, and Grady together on the perimeter. 
Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to this question from Tobias. It's painfully obvious that this year's team lacks elite athleticism. However, I'm looking at this season as a transition year. I just don't see a Final Four team, Sweet 16 maybe. So uh, I guess your thoughts on on that overall tweet. Do we know, like right now, like how many – I didn't see a Final Four – in 2011 and they made it to a final four. I, I didn't see a final four when I watched it in 2014, the way they were playing in the regular season. I, I don't, I mean, there's, there's teams that end up sneaking into the elite eight every single year that we don't even think could, could make it to the second round or the the third round or the sweet 16 NCAA term. I just think it's too early to really tell. I mean, we, we haven't seen Ty Ty Washington at his best. We've not seen other guys on this roster at their best. I, I think that to hold off on any kind of, tournament outlook i think you got to wait till at least late december early january because i just don't i just don't think that you really truly know i mean there have been moments where kentucky's won big games early in the season and then you turn around and, and you think that next morning that it's a final four team and then they're, they're not as the season goes along i, I kind of just want to hold off on it i i do think that this team has the the pieces to make a second weekend run to like an elite eight but it's all going to come down to matchups too, Derek. Who who gets the matchups? So if they run into a team like Duke, I don't like that matchup for Kentucky. I would agree in the sense um, I, I agree with you for sure. Like it's, it's way too early. I didn't leave that or I didn't watch that game Tuesday night and think I wasn't much much higher on this team than I was before, and I wasn't any more down on them. I mean. If anything, I thought Duke turned out to be better than maybe what I thought it would be this early in the year. That's really the only – I didn't think Trevor Kills was going to score 25 points. It's like maybe the one thing that really surprised me. Um, I agree that, you know, across the board, this is not an a team – this is not a, a U.K. team that just every single piece you would want to make a deep run. I, that I would agree with. But I'm also with you, like UCLA barely snuck in the tournament last year and nearly took down Gonzaga on the Final Four, you know. You see teams every year. It's a lot of it comes down to matchups. A lot of it comes down to how you're playing at the time. Here on November 11th, it's just way too early to say what this is going to be. Um, I already kind of talked about CJ Frederick. So Robert, hopefully that question you asked uh, has at least been talked about somewhat. Let's uh, let's see what other team questions we got here. We're all over the place in the smell bag, aren't we? <laughs> First one. Well, I think I I think at least on my end here from people that I can see. Okay. Here's, here's one more team one. And I think that's just about the the last ones I see. We're talking a little Dante Allen here since we're Eric, what does the future hold for Dante Allen? Zero minutes against Duke without Frederick next year, a bunch of freshmen coming in along with Frederick uh, coming back. Wouldn't surprise me if he hits the portal, could see him landing at another local school, lining it up and infuriating our fan base. So Eric, I'm going to say, judging by your question, you're going to be disagreeing that Dante should have played zero minutes against Duke. What do you think, Sean? Is that how you read that? that yeah, that's how I read it. Uh, I just don't know. Uh, at this point, I just – I have no idea. I, I kind of expect a lot of the same that we saw last year with Dante to where maybe Dante has a game and he gets hot and then you don't see Dante for a while. I, I really do not know. I think C.J. Frederick's going to get those minutes. I think in Cal's eyes, I think CJ is the more dependable guy in certain situations. I think CJ is going to defend. I think CJ is going to take care of the ball. And I honestly, at this point, Derek, I have no idea what to think of Dante. I mean, it, it just feels like that it is what it is at this point. And I just don't, I don't see a ton of opportunities. I thought for months now that when it all come down to it, he would be the guy that's kind of left out this year and I, I i hate it because i really like dante i think that he can obviously shoot the basketball but just as good just as well as anybody on the roster probably as well as anyone across college basketball but in cal's eyes i think there, there's something that's missing in those practices that he's just not getting the opportunities or there's that lack of confidence i don't want to say lack of confidence but he just feels like the others do something that dante does not do is it defending is it rebounding is it energy is it fight i don't know I'm not in those practices, but there, there's something there. For him to to have not gotten an opportunity and stuff Tuesday night in MSG, I mean, after the moments and times that he had last year, I, I have no idea. It's not my – I honestly don't even know what to say about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a good start 
for for Dante. I mean, um, I, I'm with you. I mean, that's it's not to come down to what Dante wants from his college basketball career. I think. Um, I don't know what kind of NIL money he's pulling in. I don't. I don't know. I'm sure he's a local guy. I'm sure he likes playing being part of you know the Kentucky basketball program but in terms of on court it's very obvious it's going to be an uphill battle for him I think that's the good point I mean you're talking about a guy like Frederick that in terms of what Frederick is very good at um shooting the basketball he's as good if, if not bad I mean by career percentage and he's taken a lot more threes than Dante has in his career but you would look at it and say he's probably a better um well, I don't know if he's a flat-out better shooter. I, I think Dante is legitimately a very good shooter, no doubt about it. Very good on the catch-and-shoot. Um, but I think what you were getting at is, is the thing. Like, there is something about Dante that Cal just – he's just not going to play him that much. I mean, he's not. Um, he's not. It, so, it, I, I don't know. He'll, so, play yeah, some, he'll play some Friday night. I oh, think. he'll play these next yeah, few games against these, yeah, against these opponents. But, you know, when do they go up to Notre Dame? If he's not in the rotation by then, then I mean, and then like that's the good point too about next year. I see no scenario that CJ Frederick is not back next year. Like I think he very much is going to be there no matter what happens with the other. I think we can assume Tata's going to go to the NBA. I think Wheeler might want to try to go pro, but I don't, I don't know what, who knows what that's going to look like at that point. He's a point guard, but uh, Sharp, the number one player in the country, I'm going to guess is probably already better than Dante Allen today. <laughs> uh, and then Casey Wallace coming in, like it's an uphill battle next. Like there is no clear path for Dante. There's not being a starting basketball player at Kentucky, and it'll just come down to, to what he wants. Um, well, it, and even and let's say this too, Sean, on this last part that, that Eric talked about landing at another school and playing well, I still don't think that's necessarily going to be a reflection on Kentucky or Cal or them making a mistake. Whenever you have these other, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then my, my thing is this, should Cal have given him more opportunities or a, a quicker opportunity last year? Absolutely. As bad as that team was, so. yeah. he should have given him an opportunity sooner. But we have to remember, too, on a team that wasn't very good, he was the guy that got the opportunity last. And to me, that kind of tells you what it tells you about how – I don't know what he needs to do. I don't know what he needs to show, but I'm I'm certain he's going to have plenty of opportunities in practice and stuff over the next few weeks to kind of do it. But it all comes down to what Dante wants, in my opinion. I think you said it best there. Uh, do you see anything else that I've missed in terms of questions about players or people on the team before we flip to – we got a question from David that I just wasn't sure how to answer, David. Uh, he asked, why are UK cheerleading and pant band excluded from high-profile, high-revenue, high-ticket price, high-recruiting-value UK basketball events like Champions Classic and MSG? Same for the other schools. I have no idea. I don't either. That, that's a good point. They Now, they weren't they in Indy the year that they played Duke? Was I wrong on that? I don't, I don't remember. I just remember in my mind's eye on Duncan from every time he touched the ball. That's the only thing I remember about that game. So, but you're right. They're, they're never, they're never at champions or CBS. Are they? Last CBS sports classic event I went to was in Vegas. They weren't in Chicago a couple of years. I don't think they were out there. Yeah. I don't know whether or not, I don't know whether or not they're David. I wish I had an answer for you. Yeah. Um, Cause I do think the band, especially, I mean, it's one of the things you missed in college football last year, right? It was, I mean, the band more than made it feel like they don't travel on the road SEC games either for, for basketball. Do you uh, – I think that's – maybe in the DMs we might have something that's well, team you, related. I just like trying to keep it that way so when we flip to recruiting, it's uh, – you know, that way we're jumping all over the place less and less. But we got a question from Dell for the basketball mailbag, but it's a uh, – Recruiting question. Well, Robert, did we we answered that about Robert's question. How quickly does CJ Frederick, you know, move, kind of going to get in, get into his role and what impact will he have? We've kind of, I think we've kind of answered what yeah. we think he'll be and stuff. Uh, let me see here. I see recruiting right here. Um, VA Blue says. I felt like Duke played about as well as they can while Kentucky played well below their ceiling, and it was still a close game. I'm encouraged by that. Your thoughts? Well, Duke shot one for 13 from three. 
So I don't think that – I think Duke people would probably tell you they can definitely shoot the ball better than that. And Duke also played a lot of the second half. Well, maybe not a lot, but some of the second half, you know, they, they had guys cramping up left and right. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think maybe Duke's makeup. They're just not going to shoot the ball that well. Um, who knows? But with Kentucky, I think UK will definitely get better. No doubt about it. Um, Duke's going to get better too, though. They will. Those dudes, yeah. gonna, those those two are good now. They're going to get even better between now and March. I mean, after what I saw the other night, I would say if you had the choice of the two rosters making a deeper run, like I would probably take Duke's roster right now. But ask me that in February. I don't I don't know. We'll see. So let's get into – hold on. Here's one more. I think we just – all right. Uh, back to Final Four. Do you think Duke's team looked like a typical Cal team and UK looked like a typical Duke team? Also, still think Cal needs to embrace the three-point shot more. With the makeup of this team, 13 attempts, still not enough, especially when the post was not a real scoring option. Will Cal ever integrate zone defense with our lack of post depth? Uh, the last part of that with zone – I think you're going to. I think that they're going to have to play some zone at times, if if they see that an opportunity presents itself. I think they're going to have to to stay out of foul trouble on the front on the front line. Uh, when it comes to typical, when you have a, the other team hits one three and then Kentucky hits seven, is that how many they hit? Derek was seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that kind of seems like usually that would be flipped, right? We've seen Kentucky be the team that hits one or hits zero threes, uh, but. I don't know. I mean, it was it was different. If Duke's get Duke gets elite dudes, to me, it was just really odd to be sitting there knowing that Duke had the elite guys and Kentucky, Kentucky's guys weren't able to like they had experience, they didn't have the talent to match what Duke had on the opening night. That was to me that was. Ew. I mean, they had one freshman who could even get on. Like UK had one guy who could get on the floor and he played bad. Tata he played twenty eight minutes, but those other guys both played two. So. Um, I, I I do agree more threes. I mean, they only took seven threes in the second half, and you, you would definitely like to see more than that, I think. But uh, I, I thought about that a little bit. I, I don't know that I would say Kentucky looked like a typical Duke team. Um, because like you said, Duke Duke's they've had plenty of this Kentucky team did not look like 2018 Duke. I'll say that. I mean, they. There's no Zions or Barrett's like maybe we're talking about Duke from a different era, but not in the last six, seven years. No, I don't think UK looked like that. But in the sense that Duke being a long, athletic, some very talented guys and some some guys who apparently did not shoot the ball very well, like, yes, I, I can get behind that more than the reverse being that Kentucky looked like a typical Duke team. I, I think yeah, I don't I don't know. It, it definitely seems like Duke's season is going to hinge on how good Bencaro and Kills and, and Roach. I mean, Roach didn't have a great night the other night, but he played 36 minutes. You know, yeah. He led their team in minutes. Well, so, like, his development will be huge sure. for that team. They just have two dudes that are very hard to match up with. I mean, Ben Carroll. I mean, the physicality, though, then, man, is, is crazy. Like, Kills, I mean, I know it got old if you're watching it on TV. Them kept talking about him looking like a tight end. That kid was a tank, though, man. I mean, well, physically, and- that was crazy. Well, that's what I was about to say is you have a guy like Paolo and Cal said that they respected him too much by backing off of him. And the next thing you know, he's, he's sitting there crossing you up and doing step back jumpers and, and turnarounds. I mean, what do you do with that? And then on the other side, Kills is so big. And I knew that he had gotten bigger. Like from the moment I'd seen him, I was like, okay, that kid's much bigger than the last time I saw him. And I, I was at he the top of it. He was, yes. He was. But I was at the top of the garden and I was like, okay, He's he's bigger than when the last time I saw him. So, and you just it's hard to match that. It's hard to match those those things. But I, I thought Kentucky had. I mean, I thought they had a game plan to to run some doubles at Palo. They just hit some shots. Uh, is that is that game competitive if they play it again? Absolutely. I think Kentucky competes with them every single time. Let's just see this thing play out. Let's let guys develop. Let's let Ty Ty hit shots. Let's let Savier get more comfortable. Let's let Oscar kind of develop his offensive game. Uh, see what happens with Toppin and Keon. This is still a good Kentucky basketball team, Derek. They're going to be just fine, and I think they're going to be a team that look. Could you could you beat Duke? They could beat Duke. I think they could. 
Uh, it's like go back to twenty four or the twenty fifteen season, thirty eight and one. How many times have Kentucky and Wisconsin played? Would Wisconsin beat Kentucky? I would have said maybe three times. I think Kentucky would have won seven to ten. I would say right now, given the talent that Duke has, that would, they would go seven and three against UK. That doesn't mean that Kentucky can't that one of those three can't happen in the NCAA tournament. That's just my thoughts on it. Yeah, no question. I agree with you there, I had, Sean. I had one more roster question too in the DMs. Said so it's from Austin. He actually replied, "I sent you a DM." So he wanted to make sure that we get it. I know it was only one game, but if Tata has a slow progression that we've seen happen over the years with some guys, and he has Hero, Maxi, etc. in there. Do you think Cal is going to cow and keep making them work through it or check his ego and allow the guys who are playing well to play over him? I do think Ty-Ty will pick it up, but we've seen how Cal goes with his guy. The difference is, Derek, I don't think this team reaches where it needs to go if Ty-Ty doesn't become that guy. The other yeah. Sorry, can you hear that? I can. My bad. Um, I was pulling up Wagner's announcement. Uh I think people have some PTSD from uh, BJ Boston last year. Yeah. And I don't think – I know Tata had a tough night. Tyler Hero had some bad nights too. I don't think Devin Booker made a three his first, what, like 10 – nah, wasn't that extreme. I can definitely remember writing a Devin Booker is struggling to shoot the ball from deep story though. I think guys struggling to start the year shooting the ball is not – and we've seen Tata. I know it was exhibitions against different competition, but you've seen what he can do for you. Yeah. I'm – I, I think people got to chill out, man. Like, I know last year was a tough year, things like that. But, like, not every freshman from here on out who doesn't dominate from the first game on is not going to be like B.J. Boston or whatever. There's so, no. let's let's take it easy on them um, and then let them develop. The thing about being at Kentucky is you don't just have one opportunity to showcase it. You've got many opportunities to do it. That was just a blimp on what this whole season is going to be. And that that was the thing. The, the fan base, and I, for the most part, I think the fan base has been very, very good. I think our listeners have been very, very solid with their, their takes and everything. I, I don't think anybody's jumping ship right now, Derek, but it was going to be an overreaction one way or the other. Had Kentucky beaten Duke, you're going to get the, oh, it's an instant national championship. It's an instant Final Four team. When that's not the case. Had Kentucky lost to Duke like they did, we were going to get the same thing from a certain side of it. It's just when you play a team like that, an emotional – and it's a rivalry. It's Duke. It's Kentucky. It's a head-to-head in recruiting. It's head-to-head in the basketball floor. It's Coach K, John Calipari. It's Madison Square Garden. It's hard not to have an overreaction to whatever the result was. And I didn't leave Madison Square Garden the other night feeling any different about Kentucky than I felt a month ago. The only thing that I, that I know is that they have a lot to work with. And that's so much more than what they had last year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know when you would pull the plug on a, on you know what I mean, like on Tata. He's gonna have to take a time to do it. I mean, and think about this too, Sean. Like, what they just did not have a ton to choose from last year. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm just ready to just totally forget about last year and compare thing. It's just not even the same. I mean, everything about the situation is different. But and th- that was not that frustration was not necessarily directed at our listeners uh, no. by any means it was things i saw on twitter and other places where kid has one bad game and it's oh i'm getting bj boston vibes from tata washington like <laughs> uh, let's just let it play out before we uh decide that every five-star kid who comes to uk now is a bust and austin's second question is could there be a case that wheeler might be the most important player right now with his guard play that's you sean he, yep. take Outs- it. and then he put outside of turnovers he is He's their most important player because he does the one thing that gets everybody going. He's the straw that stirs the drink. And the thing is, is that now the turnovers in the second half, I mean, it killed him. Like I said, he comes down the floor and tries to make a quick between the legs dribble when it wasn't needed. There was no need to do it. But you also saw first half just how good he can be. And as he gets more comfortable, Cal's going to be able to rein in some of those bad habits. But you don't want to – to me, you don't want to kind of reel him in too much, Derek, because the, the the motor and the energy that he has is what's going to really set the tone for this team, I think. His energy, he plays with passion. He plays his heart out. He's constantly getting after it. He played too many minutes Tuesday night, and Cal mentioned that he can't play him that amount of minutes 
at this early in the season. I'm going to go ahead and say you can't play him that amount of minutes in March either, which has been something that Cal's done at times where he's gone against rotation and he's played a lot of a lot of guys too much to the point that I think fatigue kind of factored into some late results. But Wheeler's a guy that needs to be on the floor 32 to 34 minutes a night. He's the most important piece because the others can't do what they do best if he's not on the floor pushing the tempo. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, I, and I felt too like, yeah, he played a lot of minutes. I'm sure that definitely went into the turnovers, but also, I think yeah, account for most nights. Todd was gonna be better than that, and I, I think he definitely got to a point where dude, he just felt like he had to make plays happen, you know, and that turned out to to be worse for the team by him doing that. But yeah, I've about said all I think I want to say on this <laughs> show because like. The only frustrating thing, I won't even call it frustrating because you need these games coming up, but like they're not going to, they shouldn't be challenged again for another month. So let's get back into these games against opponents that can actually probably have a decent chance to beat them. Let's say they perform at that point. Notre Dame, uh, Ohio State, Louisville, although Ohio State nearly lost to Akron, Sean. I don't know if you, you probably didn't get a chance to see that because you're up in New York, but, uh, or was that last night? I think it was Tuesday night or Hell, dude, I don't remember when it was. It was this week. Um, so we'll see. You know, that would have been rough, though, for Ohio State, losing to Robert Morris last year and then going back and losing to Akron to start the year. That would have been rough for those guys. I keep up with them a little bit just because of Chris Holtman. Yeah, and I haven't had a chance to, to really watch anything, honestly. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to settling in here and watching some games as the weekend gets here and – College basketball's here, Derek. Uh, is there anything else you see you want to get to? Those are all the questions that that I saw. Okay. Um, I think we have some recruiting. Are you wanting to just you want to hold off and do a recruiting only mailbag too, since this thing's or do you want to answer those now? Um yeah, let's wait and do a recruiting mailbag. I think that'd be good. Okay. So we, we see questions there. If I've got some in DMs, I'll I'll answer them and stuff from from what I see. Uh, but with recruiting, well, let's do one, Derek. Let's do one kind of at the beginning of next week. We'll just have it recruiting only and, and put some stuff in there. We'll throw those in the mailbag after Robert Morris and stuff because I, I don't want this thing to go too long because uh, we've had a lot to talk about with post game Duke and and this mailbag's a little different because we didn't do a post game episode with me traveling back and how how late the game was and stuff. Uh, so we actually put our thoughts in there quite a bit with uh, with some takeaways and stuff. That that won't be a lot. We'll we'll be doing post game episodes, and then the mailbags will be just answering your questions. But as always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub. You got three locations: you got Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. 